The Nasdaq crossed 10K this past week despite an economy in turmoil. Are the stock market bulls unstoppable? And can you still get in on the ride? It is Saturday, June 13th. This is Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen here in New York City. She's back. And I'm I am back. still for uh, another two weeks in my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salci. Hi. Welcome. Um, this is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money. Your financial life and Google Sheets or Microsoft Excel up, automatically updated every day. It's the most flexible way to track your finances in one place. You'll get 10% off and you can try it for free if you use our link, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. Uh, try it for a month, Bobby. And then after that, 10% off. Big thanks people at Tiller, but you got to use that slash MWF link to get it. How are you? Yes, I'm good. I am back in New York City temporarily. So we have a little bit of a very basic setup here. So I'm just going to warn everyone, if you hear a little bit of shuffling, that's because I accidentally knocked my microphone. I don't have the proper stand, but we're going to do our best. But that's okay. So that's after what's going on. After, it's okay. After all the it's problems okay. Pete the Planner had a couple days ago, oh, yeah. I think people are used to the fact that this show's live. And by the way, did the NASDAQ cross 10,000 celebrating that you're back in town? Was that the deal? Absolutely. I'll take full credit for it. I was also, fun fact, Joe Salci, hi, and I'm going to age myself a little here, although I forget what year it was, but I was reporting from the uh, from the uh, stock exchange um, when uh, I remember when the Dow crossed 10,000, they gave out um, hats, Dow 10,000 hats, and I still have it here somewhere. We've been doing some cleaning out here, and I have the Dow 10,000 hat. I don't have it with me right now while we're taping this, but they would give it out for days ahead of time, waiting for that Hoping. 10, so everyone that worked on the floor would have the hat to put on. We were told, don't put it on until the doubt closed above 10,000, not just crossed it. So very exciting. Unfortunately, that that in-person thing could not happen at the NASDAQ where there were a lot of NASDAQ 10,000. So you're carrying your knowledge to my knowledge that did not happen. You're carrying the head around, hoping for it to happen. You didn't bring it today. We'll try to forgive you for that. Uh, but let's get into what the heck's going on here because, you know, the economy looks bad. At the same time, NASDAQ is up. So let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off this show. What's good? This is Rich from Paychecks and Balances. It's time for today's headlines only at Money with Friends. All right. This piece is written by Mark DeCamber. comes to us from MarketWatch. And the headline, NASDAQ closes above psychological milestone at 10,000, even as the economy is in recession. Here's how we got here. NASDAQ Composite Index closed at an important milestone for the first time on Wednesday, underscoring the rebound in technology-related stocks following the coronavirus route that has helped to crystallize the view that parts of the stock market have entered a new bullish phase. The rally for the tech-laden index comes after a series of fresh record record closing highs for the index. A finish at or above 10,000 represents the 
fastest thousand point milestone for the NASDAQ, 114 trading sessions since the 49 sessions, the index took to surge from four to 5,000 back in 2000, according to data from Dow Jones market data, the U S stock market hit by an economy falling into recession as businesses were temporarily closed to combat the coronavirus pandemic has staged a rapid rebound from its low in late March, the NASDAQ and its peer index, the NASDAQ 100 composed of the largest members of the NASDAQ composite is weighed heavily with technology businesses that have been viewed as more resilient to the COVID-19 pandemic that's rocked the economy and financial markets. Uh, the largest names by market value have helped to propel the recovery for the NASDAQ. Those companies include Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google parent Alphabet. The NASDAQ closed, we already know this, on Wednesday above 10,000 at 10,020. Um, the Dow, which was first published 124 years ago, much older, hit 10,000 in March of 1999. The tech sector was in the throes of the dot-com boom. The NASDAQ Composite, meanwhile, was first published in 1971. Um, so its traverse above the 10,000 mark comes at a relatively brisk half-century clip. We can talk later, Joe, about why that is. Indeed, the economy has tumbled into such a deep recession that some forecasters predict up to a record 40% decline in gross domestic product on an annualized basis in the second quarter. In the first quarter, the economy contracted by 4.8%, one of the deepest declines on record. The Fed said on Wednesday that it didn't expect to lift short-term rates through the end of 2022. In a statement, the Fed said again it would use its, quote, full range of tools to support the economy. Wednesday's trading for the Nasdaq comes as the Federal Reserve said it would do whatever it takes to support the economy and financial markets. Still, there are growing concerns that the rebound from the route induced by COVID-19 has come too fast and too furiously, making the equity market more vulnerable to a sharp pullback. The Dow, um, I'm not going to get into the Wednesday numbers because this is already Saturday. Um, but basically, all of this is happening despite a number of risks that have confronted investors, including the viral epidemic and civil unrest that erupted over the death of unarmed black man George Floyd in Minneapolis. Man, so much uh, to go over there, Bobby. And what the what heck of a Saturday show we have today? Because it yeah. was it was it was not the week we had last week. Luckily, no. Uh, no. Uh, this week, maybe some healing going on. But but I I wonder I wonder. You know, we have this economy that looks so bad, and yet the Nasdaq roaring up, and then you've got the Fed saying that they're not going to do anything to um, uh, 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 to to slow down the market and try to help. So, so what if we get into a situation where the economy is already bad, the Fed has very low interest rates, can't really lower interest rates much more than they are now, and we get the trouble that a lot of people like Ray Dalio and Phil Town say is still coming. I feel like th there could be this trap at the end of this that uh, spells nothing good for anybody. I think you're pointing out a very real concern. The first thing we have to do is look at why we're having this, what appears to be a disconnect between the markets and between what we know so far about the economy. And the, you know, the NASDAQ especially is a very technology heavy index and technology companies relative to other industries 
should not be as impacted by COVID-19 as other industries. So that's the number one thing that we should all be thinking about. We also have to think about who is buying in this market more than the norm. So you have a certain amount of buying that's going to go on on a regular basis from people like you and me and, you know, who are investing in 401ks or IRAs on an ongoing basis, maybe once a month, you're putting money in no matter what, it's on autopilot. So that's sort of as steady as you go. But then you have people that may be uh, strategically buying in based not necessarily on fundamentals, but more so, in other words, they're not looking at whether stocks are overvalued per se, but they're looking to at rules-based trading. So rules-based trading is they may have a rule that they're going to basically hop on a trend. So if it goes, if the market goes up, that will mean that they will buy into the upward trend. If the market goes down, they will buy into that downward trend or they will short the market whatever it may be. So that can exaggerate gains and can exaggerate losses. And that can be something very dangerous for the everyday trader who's trying to play along with the pros. Oh, that's exactly what I'm Did worried about. Does that make about. sense? Well, yes. No, it <laughs> okay. does. I hope I explain that correctly because it's, it's a complicated concept and I'm trying to boil it down. But even if people don't understand that, here's, I think, the takeaway, I believe, Bobby, from what you said, and that's that people are trading for lots of different reasons. I feel like people are going to see a headline like this NASDAQ 10,000 and the psychological barrier and how quickly it got there. There's going to be this fear of missing out. And I feel mm -hmm. like if you decide to accelerate your investing, not because you have more money or you finally cut the cable and you decided to start investing more every month and automate it to do more investing or something different than just investing toward your goals, you could be walking into a trap. I mean, if you invest more when the market's high and then you panic when the market's low, you're doing it exactly the opposite of the way that you should. And I feel like headlines like this make people feel like they should be doing more. And if that's long-term, hey, great, you know, start whenever you're going to start, right? But if it's short-term, I think it it's a it man, it could end up badly for a lot of people. And yet the headline is accurate. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, you can't really criticize anyone writing this because it's completely accurate. And I think that they do point out very accurately that this is, you know, a lot of it is that the technology sector is very heavily reflected in this index. And I believe that the NASDAQ is a weighted index, which makes it even more so that the bigger stocks get more weight. So that also exaggerates the, well, exaggerates may not be the right word, but it will make the gains bigger. Well, and, and, and that's what's worrisome about a weighted index is the more there's a separation between the win on the top end and the losers on the bottom where the winners create, you know, are, are a bigger and bigger piece of the index because it is weighted. You could have five stocks out of a hundred in the NASDAQ that are fueling most of the growth of that index. And then if those five stocks end up having a problem later, it makes the index a lot more volatile. Exactly. I think one thing people may start looking at as we go forward, if they want to diversify is rather than going into individual stocks, maybe be thoughtful about what kinds of stocks, what kinds of sectors they think will be the most successful over the next decade 
invest new money, maybe start putting some money into those sectors. If that's what, you know, if they want to do that, it's, you know, once you're already diversified widely, I think that, you know, you can, you can be smart if you want, and it is a riskier strategy, but of course, risk reward. That's something that some people are considering. If you know a sector is going to, if you believe, you never know that a sector is going to be out of favor um, for a long time, for the next decade, maybe you think about, you know, shifting your portfolio a little bit to adjust for where you believe, because what's happening when you invest in what you think is an evenly weighted index like the NASDAQ is you are overweighted. You're just not as aware of it. So I would say what I'm what I'm emphasizing is the idea of proactively deciding where you want to be overweighted rather than not really understanding that you are overweighted when well, you or think way you're to investing get... in a broad index. You think it's a broad index and maybe yeah. it's, it is, but it's you're weighted and you may not understand that you're weighted. Another way to get rid of that, I think, is to go with just sizes of companies. And I think that's 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 a safer way to go. So because the Nasdaq is going to be just people that are on that exchange. So the Nasdaq, for people that don't know, is it's it's a, it's a it's a stock exchange and it's an electronic stock exchange. And historically, it has attracted mostly tech companies. So you're going to be heavily into tech if you're in the Nasdaq, whether you want to be or not. Uh, so well, if the you Nasdaq composite you're referring to. Nasdaq composite. So if you think that yeah. you're if you think that um, you know you want to be in more aggressive companies, the NASDAQ might be one way to go, but another way to go would be a mid cap index or a small cap index where you're going to get more um, other flavors outside of the NASDAQ by investing in in the S&P small cap value, which are undervalued uh, uh, small companies. So that might be a safer way to go. The thing I would avoid, and we saw this in headlines that we did about a month ago, I would avoid though betting on a sector just because your gut tells you it's a good idea. We saw a lot of people get just thrown for a loop when it came to oil, you know, um, just just recently. A lot of people going, hey, this looks great. What could we're always going to need oil? Turns out we do need oil, Bobby. But as you saw, the mechanisms by which these indexes buy oil can be very confusing. So that's the that's the risk if you decide to go into a certain industry. Maybe not the maybe not that we won't need oil, but the index that we choose to use doesn't work the way we thought it did. Well, the other thing referencing that oil uh, episode when oil was, I think it was negative at one point, was that you had funds that people bought based on the name without actually reading what or understanding what that fund had in there was investing in at that moment. Right. You can, you know, you can name a fund, the ultimate technology cannot lose fund and invest. And if your if your um, prospectus says that you are going to invest in you know, um, gold stocks, you can still do that right. because you're, because it's in the prospectus, right? right. No, but it's true. Yes. But people were not under, they, you, you, you can title, it's almost like government bills. Sometimes they govern, they, they will title a government bill. I'm not getting into politics here, but they'll title a government bill something. And what's actually in the bill has nothing to do with what they've titled it. Right. Imagine that. We so just call really it the, you have to read the prospectus. We just call it the, I love America act and fill exactly. it and fill it full of pork. And it sounds oh fantastic. Gosh. Exactly. How could you vote against the I Love America Act? What are you thinking? So, These people are so, anti-American. Back to the show. So the point being, actually understand what the index 
really does have in it, especially, you know, with index ETF, mutual fund that reflect the index. When you're investing, make sure you actually understand what the fund can and cannot buy because it may not always be reflected in its name. In just a minute, Bobby and I are going to have our takeaways for today's show. But before we get to that, I want to say a big thanks to Tiller HQ for sponsoring today's show. You know, Tiller Money is coming out with a bunch of new foundational foundational tools that can help you build your portfolio. I was having a conversation with uh, my friend Peter Polson, who runs Tiller recently, and they are always coming out with new fun ways to make it even easier for, to, for you to use Tiller spreadsheets. Now, because I'm not generally a spreadsheet guy, I like Tiller because of the fact that they have these foundational tools and are always making it easier to use. And on top of that, no matter what bank you have, no matter where you manage your money, there are over 25,000 places where your money can automatically be updated to your spreadsheet without you having to do anything every day. And you know what? That's all a part of how Tiller works. If you like something, you can also delete it. If you want more, you can make it more granular because it's a spreadsheet. If you want to check it out, try it yourself, you can do that for free. And then if you use our link, you'll also get 10% off your annual subscription if you head to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. Tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. All right, uh, Bobby, what's our takeaway today? First of all, congratulations to everyone who stayed invested during this tumultuous time. I am glad that you are probably feeling a lot better about that decision right now. The other thing I have to say is that we should all tread carefully and work backwards from our goals. If we're thinking about making any changes, we should all look to the finish line where we want to be when we make our investing strategy. And like I said, if you are thinking about making changes, think about what is actually in the underlying entity before you buy a title may not always reflect what you think it does. So, yeah. And I like where you started there, Bobby, with thinking long-term because uh, I don't like the implication that things are better now that reaching 10,000 in the NASDAQ seems to imply for a lot of people, hey, the stock market's better. It's safer now. Whenever you have any emotion when it comes to financial markets, you should feel that emotion and then realize that it's probably the opposite. When you feel well, like high-fiving yourself because your portfolio did so well, that's a sign that things might be going a little crazy. On the other side, when you're really in the dumps about your portfolio and you think that it's horrible, that may be the sign of biggest opportunity. So working against your emotions is something that you always have to do. NASDAQ up above 10,000, fantastic news. You know what though? It's just a point in time. Tomorrow's another day. I don't think by itself, Bobby, this is good news or bad news. It's just like you said earlier, it is what it is. The headline doesn't lie, but it doesn't make it uh, phenomenal or horrible. Right. And like I said, everyone that's stuck to their goals and stayed, if they were long-term, stayed in the market, you've been rewarded. And uh, I think that if you continue staying on plan for whatever your goals are, you will continue to be rewarded. That's going to do it for today. Bobby, if people want more of our goodness, where do they find it? <laughs> First of all, you can find out more about the show and our casts, also our past casts of thought leaders on our website at moneywithfriendspodcast.com. And you can be part of the show by following us on our social media on Instagram at moneyfriendspod and on Twitter. It's the same handle at moneyfriendspod. Imagine that we made it so easy at moneyfriendspod all over the place. You're welcome, everybody. 
Uh, coming up on Monday, we're going to have another headline. We're going to talk about malls. Uh, uh, there was a merger that was on the table, Bobby, between two big mall uh, companies, and looks like that might not be happening. Splitsville, oh, before they boy. even made it to the altar. Oh, you know. boy. Trouble brewing in mall world. We got that on Monday. Have a great rest of your weekend. On behalf of Bobby, I'm Joe. See you back here next time at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. Show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.